the girding voice is all about excitements and we have another excitement today and i'm super thrilled to announce the new series slice of hope which is driven in collaboration with hope works and our guest for today is women lead india fellow executive leadership coach and who is driving social impact at a large scale and she is an architect of million girls march to college and she is a public speaker and also an author jacinta jaychandran is the managing trustee of hope skip jump foundation and as we prepare to delve into our very first conversation of this series on the topic at hand empowering 1 million girls here is an exciting twist so we are going to tickle the brains of our guest jacinta jacinta get ready for a quick rapid fire round of random words i'll mention a few and i would love to hear the first thing that comes to your mind in response to without thinking much and let's dive right sure. in if you are ready <laughs> sure navin and it's hope works foundation hope skip jump is our website right hope works foundation perfect thanks for thanks for correcting now let's uh, get started with the sure. first word is hope energy invention life future for everyone book knowledge movie fun food food pleasure <laughs> education make it available for every child in the world hard moving i i i loved it and then uh, uh, name identity hmm animal so much grace okay finally planet for everyone equally superb and thanks for participating so sportively and also answering so crisply jessi so folks welcome to the guiding voice podcast series where we embark on the transformative conversations for a better future i'm your host navin samala dedicated to making the world a better place through valuable discussions that add value to your life and also to your career thank you so much for tuning in and jessi hearty welcome to the guiding voice thank you so much for being part of our journey Naveen, I must thank you for having me here. This is very important for us and for the work that we do. Pleasure to conduct this series and always there uh, to support any non-profit and uh, any of these kind of noble initiatives because it goes very well with the mission with which the Guiding Us platform is started. And I'm super grateful for getting this opportunity. So on this note, uh, I would also like to Uh, express my sincere gratitude to Kavita Garla who has been a great support system for the Guiding Voice platform she has been connecting me with amazing people like you and uh, also she has proposed this wonderful series so i am thankful for her and uh, let's uh, dive into our conversation and uh, sure. apart from hope works i would also like to know about you so that our audience get to know uh, you better in terms of what are certain things that have attributed to your success right so that is where we will start my first question here is what is your success mantra what are the top 3 things that have attributed to your success and helped you reach where you are today navin i wouldn't even call myself successful i think i would call myself as someone who's striving every day because success could mean so many things to so many people and for me it has meant so many different things over a course of life right i've been um, i think a working woman for uh, 30 years and i claim that identity as the first one okay uh, a mother 
uh, you know, of course, uh, and, a, and a lovely child, uh, 25 years. He's not going to like it to be called a child, I guess, anymore. And um, of course, all my other family responsibilities. But uh, I think what has really helped me don the multiple hats, take on the multiple roles, which I have consciously chosen. It has not been something that, you know, happened to me by accident. You know, I have consciously chosen these. Are I think uh, three traits uh, that I recognize about myself. One is I'm I'm very fearless. I don't get scared. I think which makes me take risks which might otherwise uh, look very frightening sometimes. And uh, I'm sure there are people who try to find out why would you take a risk like this, right? Uh, to just give an example, uh, during COVID, uh, when we saw the migrant crisis emerge on the television. Uh, next day morning, I was cooking at home and taking it out into the road when there was a complete lockdown. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of my family members, a lot of friends were asking, isn't this risky? Yeah. I said, yeah, it is. But you know what is a greater risk? There are people who are hungry and who have no hope, who have no money. Isn't that a bigger risk? Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I think that is one, you know, be fearless and, and do what you can not saying do but what you can the second thing i think is i've always been a very willing listener and learner i i'm constantly interacting with people uh, it doesn't matter where they are from what they do what's their age nothing i think everybody has something uh, to make you learn from so I, that to me is the most exciting uh, exciting part and i think uh, the third trait is I learned social work. My post-graduation was in social work. There's been, I think, as a person, a very deep sense of empathy, which I recognize now. And I think that motivates me. And so when you sort of look at why I do what I do, right? Uh, I have yeah. to answer this to myself every day to keep, uh, you know, telling myself why I do what I do. I think it's because if you're empathetic and you see the need and you are willing to take a few risks and do stuff which uh, which might otherwise seem uh, frightening and you're willing to learn you're willing to fail you're willing to listen and see yourself as a person who's striving every day i would i would look at myself as that person really inspirational and uh, again uh, your courage has been really visible during the covid times it, it, it makes a lot of difference and in fact uh, being fearless when nobody knows what is going to happen right especially during those kind of things i think that might have inspired many people around you as well for sure and uh, now let's uh, talk about the hope works foundation i think you started this um, about uh, 3 years ago so please share your calling with our audience how did this happen like what triggered navin i was working in corporates for almost uh, 27 years and i realized i wanted to get into social impact space before i turned 50 so uh, you know when i was 49 years old and about uh, you know 27 years i think in corporate i lived studied born in everything in bangalore so i wanted to go back to my own school and i you know studied in a government aided school navi I went back to the principal to ask what is it that I can do uh, for girl children and my focus has always always been girls and women and that's for another day to discuss why so I went and asked the principal sister Pauline what can I do for the children she just kept looking at me for a long time and she says what do you do now so I said um, I work in corporates I train leaders I mentor and coach people across corporate leadership 
and she just looked at me and um, she asked a question she said i can teach my girl subjects can you teach them hope she said for the first time i think i i was in a state where i didn't know what the answer was for the first time i was thinking so what is hope mm. can it be taught yeah and can it be taught in a way that is relevant to young kids and i actually took time from her i said give me time let me go back and research this and come back and tell you so i took a 3 month sabbatical i was i was researching on hope i met up with uh, professor rick miller from arizona state university who's done work in hope all his life he is of course he was at that time the ceo of uh, kids at hope i spoke to dr saju skaria who uh, is the founder uh, along uh, you know and uh, for kids at hope and i realized hope is a science it's a toolkit you can learn you can teach you can role model and on that day i heard a story navin if we have the time i could share it right he spoke about this uh, child who was 13 or 14 at that time uh, daughter of a single parent and the mother would work as a janitor in the nights and so the child got to meet her mother only after she came from college you know yeah. school and her mother would be going to work mm-hmm. right yeah and they would again meet in the morning and sort of cross each other you know and so the only time they really got with each other was the weekends in some ways right yeah. one day morning when she woke up like a regular day she had her neighbor aunt and telling her your mom's been taken unwell so i'd like to take you to the hospital yeah and the child reaches the hospital and sees that her mother is attached to a lot of machines and obviously uh, struggling mm-hmm. and the doctor tells this young adolescent kid just Uh, you know and that too with a single parent that her mother is not going to make it she's had a very mm. bad uh, stroke in the night yeah and that this is the time for her to sort of be there with her mother and say her goodbyes because after that they will take her off the supporting machines so right. it, just imagine something like that for you and <laughs> me apparently the child held the mother's hand mm-hmm. and while saying her goodbye also sort of sang the hope anthem they were taught in school you know wow. it's, it's a very powerful hope anthem mm. and uh, when he told me this story and this is at about 8:39 my time and of course early morning for him both of us were almost in tears and he said i met her the next year in that school and i asked her what made you sing the anthem yeah. and apparently the child said i wanted my mother to go knowing i'm capable of taking care of myself I said if we can make every child and every girl child believe that irrespective of the situation that you are in right now yeah. if you can still look ahead and say I can take care of myself in the future to me that is hope and I said this is something that we need to teach our children and that's how I started and I gathered a lot of my friends and I must say my friends like sanjay kajal they're yeah. all professional friends and colleagues so we just met up in this journey of hope in 2019 mm-hmm. we started working girls from 8th to 12th standard in one school navin mm-hmm. and at the end of the year you know which is 2020 when covid was just beginning to become the buzzword uh, we were analyzing the work that we had done with the girls and we asked them what does it mean for you that you went through so many sessions you met with so many people you heard so many stories and um 99% i think it was 99.5% of the children said i believe i can take care of myself mm-hmm. i think i have a future mm-hmm. and we didn't ask them specifically are you feeling hopeful do you think you have a future it is just that that was the outcome of having done this for a year 
and then i got the confidence to set it up as a as a not for profit uh, so we went and registered and uh, exactly i think 2 to 3 weeks after that covid lockdown came you know i narrated this to everybody even our bank account forms went into quarantine okay so uh, it was a very interesting start uh, mm. to uh, foundation itself and uh, i believe it taught us we are a baby of uncertainty mm. right we were born in the most uncertain times and i i prefer to use the word for purpose organization rather than not for profit yeah. because i think purpose guides us we don't look at the profit the not profit part of it i'm yeah. really looking a for purpose perspective and i think it, it that's what keeps us going through all the fear of covid and infections and lack of money you just rise up every day saying this is very purposeful so i think that in some ways is uh, the journey of why we started hope works and how we started yes um, as a formal entity we've completed 3 uh, years navin now this march mm. we completed just give off some numbers of course we started with one school in our first program today we are across seven schools in bangalore mm. and trying to go into about 40 villages in tamil nadu in uh, dindukal district uh, we impact about 2500 girls in our school program at this point in time wow. so that every child believes she has a future yeah uh, we also started the second program which is uh, called the hope citizen program like imagine everybody talks about global citizen i'm saying be a citizen of hope it's not a physical entity it's a, it's an entity that covers everything else including the physical entity if you're a citizen of hope uh, you really belong everywhere you know mm-hmm. your identity is um, boundaryless in some ways and the hope citizen program uh, we launched in 2021 eight girls came to us saying i need scholarship you told me i have a future that i could study that i could do this now i have no money my my parents uh, most of them are daily wage earners and they were all really not having any money right so we started this program with eight girls uh, right here in my living room and we evolved the program as we went the second year we started with about 64 students right now we have 274 students on the program and we are hoping Uh, that by end of 2023 and early 24 we would have supported 1000 girls to go into college and mm. that's why the march of the million i keep saying uh, by hopefully by the end of this decade we would have gotten 1 million kids girls mm. to march into college mm. uh, that is really our ambition yeah that's what we're looking towards so yeah great so reflecting on what you mentioned for profit is something so impactful i think folks who are is watching this episode or listening to this stop calling not for profit or non governmental or any other terms but probably for purpose organization makes a lot of sense and that will actually instill the purpose in everybody that is contributing to the cause so that is so powerful and also i wish that this uh, million girls march to college will become a huge success okay and i'm i'm sure uh, folks that are watching or listening to this episode will also come forward and support to this uh, brilliant initiative and uh, so for the norm so for, for such a noble purpose for sure thank you okay so now i'm i'm just curious what are you guys doing to make every girl child think feel believe and live equally Like you have mentioned wow. about uh, these initiatives absolutely and, absolutely yeah. we want so um you know when i got selected for women lead mm. india 
fellowship, right? It was it was an honor, and I think I'm very grateful for the opportunity. One of the exercises we uh, did there, uh, Naveen, was to ask ourselves why we do what we do, yeah. and how would it inspire us to do this even on the most difficult day, you know? Yeah. And I was writing for myself, and I was listening to myself, and I realized what motivates me to go out there and do this every day is that last little girl child who feels helpless or hopeless will experience hope because of you and me. And I think that is the clarion call for every, every person that who comes to work with us. And I must tell you that clarion call has actually been brilliantly responded to. And I'll give you three perspectives as to how we do this, right? The first one is we... I don't consider ourselves an organization. I consider ourselves a movement. You know why? Because we have six people working as what you would call as uh, they actually get a salary, right? But I have about 350 people who do this without any payout or payback other than the fact that you have supported another human being with your time, with your talent, with your kindness, or with your money. It can happen in so many ways, right? So this is a movement for creating hope. And when girls meet, you know, we have we have training programs every Sunday, Naveen. I can tell you every one of our training programs has been conducted by some phenomenal leaders from various walks of life, including corporates. And all of them give up a Sunday or many Sundays together to come and train our girls. You know what that means? The girl feels welcome in a world that she did not experience before. Our girls really come from slums. Uh, their annual family income is about one and a half to two and a half lakhs for the whole year. And as we go towards our other centers, which is say Madurai or Nelakotai or any of those places, I can tell you the annual compensation is nothing. I don't even think it's, it adds up to uh, you know one lakh rupees. Imagine a family that has to support itself for survival with that kind of money uh, with about four to five people in the house. So you can imagine the socioeconomic status, right? But when they come, shake hands with corporate leaders, when they are talking to them on a one-to-one basis, you know, the child thinks, feels, believes that she is an equal. The second thing that we do is uh, we've uncovered what I believe are multiple keys of hope. And there are mm. seven keys of hope. For me. You know, that's what we have discovered in our journey. The first one is somebody telling them, I'll support you with monetary aid to go to college. And these are partnered programs. We do not give 100% scholarship unless the child has zero support at home, has lost her family members, is a child without parents, etc. Otherwise, usually it is a partnered program with parents, which means uh, we are telling the parent also, you're an equal with us. We are both partnering, you mm. know, you are a parent partner. I am a purposeful partner in, you know, getting your girl child into, into college, right? The second one is really... Each of our girls have a mentor across the globe. We have about 240 mentors and about four coaches from across the globe. And I must place on record my appreciation for ICF Foundation, which has given us coaches. I must say mentors like Kavita and we have mentors like that across the globe in the US, in Canada, in Germany, in India and of course, Southeast Asia. Can you imagine a mentor from Germany connects with a child in Madurai? It's an equal conversation of people who are connected over technology, but beyond that, connected over the idea of enabling a girl child. So every girl child gets a mentor. 
The third one that I realized is all our girls came and said, ma'am, when we come meet you on Sundays, meet all the others, experience all these things. It is so exciting. But when we go back home, we face the same situation. So sometimes I think it's nice for you to talk to our mothers. So we invited the mothers and then we realized the mothers don't need to be spoken to. The mothers want to speak, right? Share their Mm. stories, Mm -hmm. their angst. So we launched this program called Mojo, A Mother's Journey to Hope. We are mm-hmm. running a pilot batch to make the mothers financially resilient. And they said, can I speak English now? I said, okay, we'll try and give you English lessons. So we hope to cover the mothers of all our daughters. So it's a twin program in some ways, right? The mother and the daughter working together. That's the third key of hope. Yeah. Now, when you go and hug a mother who's a maid that's her identity, they actually begin to feel like more than an equal. You know, they are finally having conversations with you. You know, they're mm. saying, ma'am, what else can I do? Can I do a business? Can I learn a new skill? Now, that is establishing equality at a skill level. Then we give them menstrual hygiene packs. Mm. We ensure that children get at least one uh, good meal. In fact, two good meals, at least on the Sundays, we meet them because the nutritional deficiency is is very high. Okay, uh, We try and provide them what I believe is mind-shaping training programs, right? Wow. That's mm. what we do every Sunday, Naveen. Uh, it's not just skills. It's about the way you think. It's the way you believe in your own abilities and the way you carry yourself forward. Now, that's way beyond skilling. And those training programs happen every Sunday and our children go through about 150 to 180 hours of interactive training programs with the best-in-class leaders from the corporate. Now, all of this is supposed to make the child feel that she deserves an equal space in this world. And let me quickly tell you a story. One of our children first went to college, came back and told me, ma'am, but those girls don't talk to us. I said, who are those girls? And she (laughs) says, you know, ma'am, you know my clothes, you know, the way I look, the others don't talk to me. Hmm. And I, so you begin to feel like you belong in the fringes, right? And not in mainstream. I said, you know what? You go and talk to them. You say, hey, I'm your friend. I'm so-and-so. And do you know when when we, when we she did that, in the first batch itself, mm-hmm. I had girls who were, quote-unquote, coming from very, very difficult socioeconomic context, standing for elections, winning mm. them, becoming, uh, you know, their... Uh, leaders in uh, their classes, acing their exams. Mm-hmm. And one of them calls me up one night at about 10 o'clock. She studies in the evening college in St. Joseph's. And she says, ma'am, today I spoke to an audience of 300 people. I said, you know what? There are others struggling to figure out how to talk 101. <laughs> and here is this child saying, I, I spoke to some 300 girls. And I think wow. I inspired them, ma'am. Okay, mm, mm. So equality and thinking equal, believing equal, feeling equal, living equal is a leadership trait. It's not just a gender thing for me. You know, it's the ability to walk into a room and know you belong there. Yeah, you know, not like I don't belong there. Yes. Is a mindset of equality, and that to me is done by all of these things. You know, it's not one thing. And I always say equality and empowerment is not taught from the pulpit, Naveen. It is to be actioned with people who are left to the fringes. You bring them to mainstream and this is what magic happens. We are experiencing it. Awesome. Awesome. I I love this story. Like I think you guys are instilling courage and instilling that hope from scratch, if if I may call it or 
something which is uh, really impactful and is there any other story that you could highlight out of the last 3 years brilliant effort that you have put in anything that stands out the most okay saying that hey yeah this is what gives me kick let me do more oh i have so many stories uh, <laughs> but let me uh, speak about uh, you know couple of them who might get featured in your uh, in your in your podcast too okay. right mm, let's yeah. talk about uh, this young kid uh, her name is uh, amulya okay she came to us i think in 2020 and said ma'am i've finished my undergraduate program i think it was 92 94% because that's the kind of marks that amulya gets okay and not for the faint hearted i know but uh, and she said i really need money to study uh, post graduation i don't have i studied in a government college now i want to study in a good college ma'am she said i said okay so um and you know her family story is like most of other children's stories a difficult socio economic context um uh, you know her father was not working and you know the regular story of someone um who wasn't contributing to the family in fact making it difficult for the family and i you know i don't want to get into too much details there right again um the mother was very very you know low on confidence Uh, because of the current context right if you meet many of our mothers the first thing they'll are you ask them hey gidira in kannada they'll say sustu madam you know you know basically they're saying i'm tired i'm, I'm tired of this life not just physically right you know i mean like how many do you balance she was in that you know mind state when we uh, met her and she had a younger sister we gave her scholarship and she started studying and an extremely hard working bright intelligent mm-hmm. but dreamer you know yeah. i mean i will say amulya's middle name should be a dreamer okay we quickly recognized her talent and we said would you intern with us we paid her a very small stipend i can tell you so much and uh, you know she would continue working she took on so many responsibilities she became a role model for the other girls you know they will say amulya akka amulya akka because she became this akka within the uh, scene you know very very quickly she completes her post graduation last um, december again with distinction i mean you know that 92 to 94% i i can't even put my uh, you know wrap my head around to how do you do this consistently kind of stuff yeah her mother in between comes and says mm. ma'am now i'm feeling confident to work ma'am so i said mm. yeah then get to work right don't that sustu became suddenly i'm okay to work let me try right because somebody seems like they believe in me somebody seems to back me up and she started working this child completes her program in december uh, loses her father to a very unfortunate incident and then immediately after she completes gets a job as a research assistant you know uh, and today when i look at that family navin it's not just one child it's that child her younger sister and her mother right one month ago we held an event just when we launched the slice of hope campaign and the family makes the first contribution to support the education of another girl child when we received that amount i don't think in the audience uh, which included kavita and others there was not one person i think who wasn't just not touched or moved but uh, was not having uh, tears all of this transformation in 2 years of supporting a girl yeah. child in one year of getting the mother to believe you can go beyond the sustu okay right and start believing in yourself that to me is a very very powerful story and i think if we can do this for 1 million girls and 1 million of their mothers i'm telling you navin we'll unleash something that is so powerful uh i truly truly believe that's what we should all strive for
it's almost like you're impacting a country if you are able to achieve that 1 million not even 1 million like if it reaches 100000 also the impact will be humongous yes it's yes i totally awesome. believe it yeah it's awesome and it is going to happen for sure because i could see that passion okay with which you are driving and the support system and the ecosystem that you have built right it is so strong and uh, the folks that are listening or watching this episode say stay tuned very soon we are going to interview amulya on this platform as part of a, um, a slice of hope series so stay tuned no i said it's very important to meet up with folks like amulya i i don't represent 100th yeah. of the courage and conviction of mm. my girls i can tell you so much it's not it's not we giving them something loving it's we receiving uh you know so much just looking at them and the way mm. they battle realities and still hold complete faith in that future they can craft for themselves i mean they, to me it's extraordinary it's absolutely mm. extraordinary and and i'm super thrilled can't wait to meet amulya and bring her to oh, yes. the guiding voice oh yes <laughs> all right so jesse this has been great conversation and we have been talking a lot of positive aspects but we didn't touch upon the challenges that you have come across right so what are the challenges that you guys are facing currently and how can tgv community support you the challenge for any for purpose organization navin is that you know you have a lot of passion you have a lot of dreams but mostly you may never have the resources right and uh, so i think we uh, we also have the same struggle right uh, when we started we uh, you know we just put whatever little money we had into that bank account and started we've had some very very generous supporters through the years family and friends and uh, whatever we could muster up as founders and trustees and we've supported 274 kids so far and i'm so grateful through this medium i really want to tell thank you to each one of my donors i want to say a big thank you to all my mentors because i think without you that child having that thread of connect right with another human being who doesn't belong in the socio economic system that you belong to and is literally guiding you through life is beautiful i don't think we could have asked for anything uh, more so we need uh, i think what we you know really really need is um, one a slice of hope in terms of financial aid um, it does cost us about uh, 30000 rupees per year to get a child into college and then the cost of the meals you know you can add everything else and i must again highlight a lot of people believe that for purpose organization somehow you know the money goes into other things other than the uh, you know the cause it is meant for uh, almost all the money that we raise navin goes into supporting the girl child more than 90% you know our operating costs are very very low in fact uh, the only six people who we hire are people who work at a community level they go visit homes they know the girls and uh, therefore for me uh, any support in the form of funds is welcome you know you are you are helping a girl child go to college the second thing is we need a lot of people who amplify not our work navin the dreams of our girls because i think they are valid dreams i want people to realize you know we are so careful in nurturing our children right their dreams their aspirations we keep asking them what do you want to become hope works foundation works with children who never get asked this question you know yeah. why because their parents are just 
hoping that they will be able to put two meals on the plate, somehow get them through a school. There is no hopeful conversation where you're saying, what do you want to become my child? You know, it's like become anything, grow up really quick, just move on, buddy. You know, and it's very painful for parents to be in that state. So if my mentors and facilitators and trainers and just good people could come and talk to my girls and make them realize that they too have a future, that they too could dream about becoming something and contribute their time to build skill, capability and belief. That's a huge support. And folks like you, you know, who take our you know, children's voices across, I can tell you there can't be greater inspiration than to be found in the lives of our children, in the voices of our children and in the dreams of our children. What more can be more motivating and inspiring, Naveen? Tell me about it. So uh, to me, that is really the support that I think will, will really, really help us. Also, right now we are looking at supporting children who could be coming from Manipur. We all know what is happening. We yeah. want to support girls who are coming from there. We've identified quite a few girls who need support to go to college. Truly believe. It's not just every day a girl child who's striving or struggling, um, you know, with the socioeconomic situation in which she is born, but also children like this who, for reasons unknown to them, get caught up, right, in circumstances which are beyond them to handle. We support all of them to the best possible extent. During COVID, we supported one girl child uh, who was in 10th grade lost, you know, was a single parent child. The father had abandoned the family here in Bangalore. The mother died due to COVID and the child uh, was with a grandparent who obviously couldn't earn, right? And she had a younger brother. So when we spoke to her, she said, uh, ma'am, you, you give me money. I will study and take care of my brother. This is a child who had just passed 10 standard. Nabi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And we gave her a scholarship and the child goes into college, wears a uniform and then sends us a picture. Completes her 12th grade with first class. Mm-hmm. You know what it takes to lose your parents. Yeah. Live with, live with a grandparent who obviously can at best give you maybe a safety, right? yeah. but nothing more. And still believe I can work hard, I can study, I can build a life and take care of my younger brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but to me is uh, beyond inspiring. It is, it's just so, so beautiful. So that's why I'm saying, you, know, you, in fact, all of us will do ourselves a big favor, Naveen, if we listen to these stories, you know, uh, we actually will do ourselves a lot of favor and sit down and just talk to them, listen to their stories and then say, wow, you know, uh, you know, this is it, you know, yeah. just move on. Yeah, it's fabulous. And, and it also goes a long way, like uh, people talk about who inspired you in various forums and uh, that will be hard touching to know because I came across this kind of things like um, uh, when I inspired somebody, I think they shared it at a very large forum where 2000-3000 people have attended and I got to know about it saying that somebody spoke about it, right? Likewise. It will be so moving and uh, this is all about uh, joy of giving. So folks, uh, whoever is interested to contribute to this purpose in terms of money or time or any other resources that you can provide, please reach out to Jesse. 
Her LinkedIn profile is listed here. And in addition to that, you'll also find her website, the HopeWorks website, hopeskipjump.org. So all the links are available in the show notes or the episode description. So please, my humble request is to please reach out to Jesse and do whatever you can do because uh, there is nothing more than joy of giving. So you'll find a lot because I recently, I've interviewed many people who are running this for purpose organization. I started using that word for purpose, Jesse. (laughs) Okay. So I hear those success stories. uh, They are so motivating and uh, nothing can buy that kind of happiness. Money cannot buy that kind of happiness. The joy of giving you something which is truly, truly at the peak. It is at the apex, right? So please do so and uh, contribute in whatever way you can. And again, it need not be huge amount. The amount can start anywhere. And if, if you are probably not in a stage to help financially, contribute your time because there are many corporate leaders, executives, coaches who are volunteering and spending their time in terms of grooming a child. Because I also strongly believe if we groom one child, that child in turn might groom three other children. And it goes on like a cascading impact in terms of uh, paid forward principle, right? So likewise, we can create a chain reaction and uh, create a bigger, bigger ripple effect. So please join this initiative. And uh, as you are going to hear a lot of stories Right. Feel free to reach out to JC or you can reach out to me also and we can uh, do whatever has to be done. So thank you. Sure. Thank you. And Jesse, this has been fabulous and incredible conversation so far. And now it's time to add some more excitement to the episode. So get ready <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> as you dive into a series of intriguing second rapid fire questions. Okay. To spice okay. up the episode okay. further. Sure. sure. All right. So let's dive in. And here comes my First question, if you could have one gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say? If not now, then when? If not us, then who? Make the girl child thrive. Mm, Super powerful. And what is one thing you are really bad at that you wish you were better at? (laughs) (laughs) I I think as you age, no, Naveen, you start forgetting things. So sometimes I hope I could remember things a little um, a little better. Also, sometimes I think I'm I'm so focused that you sort of miss out on uh, just the small things that are happening around you. I think yeah. to sort of uh, look at and enjoy. And I think I I wish I could um, I could mm. do this. I think the third thing there are plenty of things that I don't think I'm I'm, I'm good at. I think you know, these two would be uh, top of it. Uh, the third one is um, definitely I think uh, I could uh, plan a little um, a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. there are competing priorities everywhere, and I think it's uh, it's important to plan a little better. You know, I also have uh, you know at home quite a bit happening. I have I have three elders to take care of, so constantly there's a demand on your time, and you can't plan everything. But I hope you know as as I go ahead, I'll I'll also do uh, stuff a little better. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. it is. So good. Please describe yourself in just one word, other than Jesse. <laughs> passionate and it's contagious thank you <laughs> and what's your favorite thing about living in the 21st century oh just the fact that you are not uh, you don't feel like you can't do something right i want to learn this 
I can pick up my phone. You know, when I was a student, you had to run to a library and to go to a library, you had to ask your parents for bus fare, you know, which they have not planned and budgeted for. I just have to now provide it. Your parents are able to now give the phone, right? I mean, yeah. I'm saying right now I can. And, uh, you know, what's what's not to like about the 21st century? Also, you know, there is this lovely book I read, if I think uh, it's Factfulness, which mm-hmm. says uh, this is probably the best time to be alive. We are the 1% of the world. If the water is coming inside your house, to, you're mm. not walking to. If you have footwear to wear, yeah. if you have a two-wheeler, including a cycle to commute, we are 1% of the world, Naveen. What is there to complain? Most of the diseases that killed hordes of people before we have found medicines for. Yeah. Even when COVID came, imagine in two years, we had something uh, to, you know, to get back, right? What's not to like about 21st century? I love it. Yeah. I just wish we could have more time with each other, not on the phone, but that, you know, those are the things that we'll have to figure out as we go. And uh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Wow. A superpower? If there is a magic wand that I would have, I'll be setting up a hope chapter in every village in India and ensure children get access to digital devices, to educationists, to education, and to that idea of thinking, believing, feeling, and living equal. Because in the city, you at least have access to some things, you know, Uh, but not in the villages. I was traveling uh, in the villages just last month, uh, Naveen, and I can tell you, there's a different world. There is a different Yeah. And I think if, if it's a school... And every child needs to have a digital device, not just the good schools. Every school should have digital devices because that's the only way to enable a child. If I had a magic wand, well, that's what I'd really be doing. Mm. Awesome. And here comes the last one for the rapid fire. What is one electronic gadget or a fantasy gadget that you would like to see or invent yourself? Wow, that's very interesting. If there's something three-dimensional, like like right now, I could sort of shake hands with you, uh, you know, or, you know, uh, <laughs> like my son lives in the US, I'm here. And sometimes, you know, you, you just want to sort of, you know, I just want to hug him. Mm. If, you know, if, if technology could make that possible, I'll be very happy. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting one. That's uh, really good. <laughs> and probably a, a great... Uh, a great startup idea as always i think um, this is something like virtual touch or some feeling that probably yeah. makes the near and dear ones closer right it makes sense oh yes and, like, oh yes yeah. yeah and then there there will be no distance as such yeah, great I, I hope so yeah <laughs> great great rapid fire and let's flip back to the mainstream what will be your sure. one piece of advice to those aspiring to create an impact in the society you know, I'm no good at giving advice. I, I I genuinely think it's very hard. You know, what's worked for you may not work for somebody else. But what I'd like uh, to see everybody do is uh, just one plus, right? Yeah. Maybe uh, you cook a little extra. Maybe there's somebody to whom you can give just one tiffin box, right? Um, yeah. In a day, because there are so many hungry people. And we don't have to do, you know, transformative stuff at scale, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm saying one plus. You know, mm. uh, I think that itself is is so exciting. The second is um, you don't know every person is carrying some cross, right? Yeah. So maybe we cannot try and be a little kind, right? Oh. Just a little kind, mm. because everybody is carrying a cross. We don't know what it is, but everybody yeah. could be carrying. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Super nice. And uh, how is your experience being hosted on the Guiding Voice? 
Oh, I loved it, Naveen. I think it's been fun. It also helped me, I think, really think of all the things that uh, really keeps me doing what I do, right? Mm. I, I, I sometimes just have to sit down and sort of think about it too. And this provided me that opportunity. And through your program, if we can reach a lot of people so that they get inspired more than yeah. it's not what they do. It's I hope they can be inspired because hope is by nature, very inspirational, very contagious. Superb. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It was Thank really you. fun talking to you about HopeWorks Foundation and the impact that you. you guys are creating. And really you. appreciate your time, insights, and also keep doing the great work. And um, TGV community and TGV platform as such is always there for you. right? And we Thank will you. do the best possible contributions. Thank you so much, Naveen. And thank you so much, TGV community. Get inspired. Be inspired. Be an inspiration. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks, Kavita, once again for uh, proposing such a wonderful Absolutely. series and connecting me with uh, Jacinta Jaychandran. So, friends, that was our episode with Jacinta Jaychandran. And uh, this is the first one out of eight episodes from the TGV Slice of Hope series, which is conducted in collaboration with HopeWorks Foundation. And stay tuned for more interviews from this series. We'll feature a mentor, mother, and a few students who are part of this brilliant initiative. And before we dive into the exciting trivia section, we have a small request for you. If you haven't already, we kindly invite you to subscribe to our podcast from wherever you have tuned in. Because by subscribing, you will stay updated with our latest episodes ensuring you never miss out on the valuable content. And if you have enjoyed this episode and found the conversation beneficial, we would be immensely grateful if you could share it with at least three of your friends or colleagues or family members who can benefit from the guiding voice. Spread the knowledge and empower others to learn and grow just like you. Your support means a lot to us and not only your friends will gain new insights, but we will also gain new subscribers, allowing us to continue more and more Continue producing more and more valuable content for you and our growing community. Thank you in advance for your support. And let's embark on this journey of knowledge together and let's inspire the world. All right. Now let's hop into the trivia segment. So today's trivia is about girls' education. So having inspired by Jessie's work, part of her HopeWorks Foundation, I thought I would share a few facts related to girls' education. First one is the significant reduction in the number of out-of-school girls over the past two decades, from 58 million in 2002, 31 million in 2018, highlights the positive global advancements in girls' education. So whoever has done this, I think we need to give them kudos. And next fact is that the potential economic impact is substantial. And UNESCO estimates that achieving universal secondary education by 2030 could boost women's earnings by $15 trillion, showcasing the far-reaching benefit of investing in girls' education. And the third fact is that the crucial role of mothers' education in determining children's access to education underscores the intergenerational impact of educating girls. As children of educated mothers are more likely to succeed in, in school and be enrolled in it. That's why there is a saying in Telugu, which says if you educate a mother, she will educate the entire village and the entire country. Right? I'm sure it must be there in other Indian states also. But on that note, let's support Jesse and her cause. 
hope works because this goes in line with the trivia facts that I've shared as well. I'm also keen to understand what kind of initiatives are you guys driving as part of your for purpose organizations. So please uh, leave your comments if you are watching it on YouTube or if you are if you have found this episode on social media you can comment wherever you have found this episode. And that's a wrap for today's episode and uh, I sincerely appreciate you taking time for tuning in and being part of our incredible community. Folks, we would love to hear from you. Your feedback and ideas means the world to us. Do not hesitate to share your topic recommendations and suggestions for guest speakers also either through our vibrant social media channels or you can drop me an email at the guiding voice for you at gmail.com together we can create content that truly resonates with you i'm your host navin samala a dedicated professional and an insatiable learner and my mission is to make the world a better place through meaningful conversations that have a lasting impact on your life and also your career Stay connected with us as we continue this enlightening journey together and until we meet again take care stay inspired and remember the best is yet to come bye for now see you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest